for me clearly defined as always number one is what is it that you want and then two is the timestamp. So I'm really big on reverse engineering anything. I think you can accomplish anything in life if you put a date to it and work backwards. Episode 31, Brett, welcome back, buddy. It's, uh, I'm happy to be back. Yeah, bro? I'm, uh, I'm refreshed, re-energized, fresh off a 10-day vacation, and uh, I've never been so excited to get back into my groove. Yeah, man. Um, we talk about this all the time, how important it is to take vacations, uh, but we also joke about, like, when you need a vacation from your vacation, you did it ass backwards. Yeah, no, I agree. It was uh, a lot of running around, a lot of, uh, not a lot of sleep, and uh, a lot of stuff that was not fitness related. <laughs> I'll, I'll just call it as that. But that was the mental physical break. I mean, I saw a couple things you posted. You did try to move as much as you could, but obviously, like you're not going on vacation to work out, no. right? Like, uh, workout on vacation is a bonus, really. Right. It's not. Yeah. Just to kind of keep your sanity. Yeah, it's, I mean, we need it. We all need it. So I'm happy for you, bro. Uh, I couldn't do the Vegas trip. I think I would kill myself. I just, I don't have it in me, bro. I mean, it was a fight. Like the last couple of days, I'm like, just give me a hell out of here. Just give like, me I'm, home, I'm bro. trying to get home. Let and me get my fantasy league right and let me get out of that's here. That's it, baby. Drafted a pretty solid team, though. So you won last year. Won it last year. Defending champ. All right, bro. We'll see, dog. So let's we'll see, see if I can repeat. I gave you a couple picks, so you need to give me some money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into it, baby. Ways to kill procrastination. Uh, no, I, th I think this time of year is really tricky because you're past, you know, you're well past the halfway mark of the year, and you got to constantly keep reflecting of, like, what, what you're doing is it working, right? Mm -hmm. uh, our motto in our family uh, earlier in the year is if we don't like something, change it because we recognize we have complete and utterly power over our situation. And uh, I think the same is true for procrastination. I think first and foremost, we gotta believe that we can kill it, that there is an opportunity to change that. Uh, and that's what we're trying to offer today. Yeah, the term that comes to mind is initiative, right? Mm -hmm. Take that initiative to uh, you know change it. If you're not happy with it, if you're not happy where you're going, uh, it's up to you to do something about it. So let's rock it. We love giving tips. I think we process things better that way, and we try to keep uh, the tips under five or so. So today is a, is a perfect five. You want to start at number one? Yeah, the first one I got is just clearly define your goals. Um, once you kind of got this you know, set in a stone, set in a play, if the goal you set for yourself means enough to you, you're going to take um, steps to try to you know, complete that goal, achieve that goal. If you're kind of just setting up, you know, bullshit goals, you're not really going to have that assertiveness to try to go ahead and complete those. So the first one I would have uh, definitely have to say is clearly define the goals and obviously make them ones that mean something to you. Yeah. And for me, clearly defined as always, number one is what is it that you want? And then two is the timestamp. So I'm really big on reverse engineering anything. I think you can accomplish anything in life if you put a date to it and work backwards. So for a lot of people, they're walking in here on day one and they obviously want to get in better shape. And for most of them, what they're really trying to say is I need to lose weight and I need to do some type of exercise again. So I try to clearly define that, you know, one is they want to lose a certain amount of weight, but they come up with a crazy number in their head. They just, they have no idea how they got there. Or, so. or it's super vague, right? Yeah, I, I want to, I just want to look better, right? Mm -hmm. That's a really vague goal. Or I want to lose 30 pounds and I'm looking at them and I'm like, okay, you might be able to lose 30 pounds, but like, 
where does that number come from and how long do you think it's going to take? That's the kind of stuff that we're talking about with clearly defined goals. So we work backwards, right? So if it's like, hey, I want to lose 30 pounds in three months, okay? So that's 10 pounds a month. Mm-hmm. That's uh, two and a half a week, right? Yep. And I'm looking at, is that doable? Do you, and then understand how, like the more specific the goal, the more tactical you have to be, right? So if I want to lose two and a half pounds uh, a month versus I want, or excuse me, two and a half pounds a week versus a half pound a week, there are much more things that have to go on for the two and a half pounds versus the half pound. And so we really want to define uh, how we're going to get there to get to that end game. But initially, it always goes backwards, right? Um, if someone says, I'm going to lose 30 pounds in 30 days, and we have to sit down quickly and talk about how that is not attainable. The goal just does not make sense for uh, the, the time span they're giving us. Yeah, what comes to mind is that acronym, that SMART goals acronym, mm-hmm. right? Uh, specific, measurable, attainable. Uh, what's the R? Help me out. Real time. Real time. Or realistic, excuse me. Realistic and time-oriented time-oriented yep yeah it's basically just kind of you know coming out with that chart on um, how to you know apply action steps towards to reach these clearly defined goals well one of the things that's needed when we talk about hey going into competition or I have the, you got the physique thing coming up it, it it gives you a clearly defined goal from day one, which is I have to be at my best on this date, boom. And that's why we try to encourage people to try new events, an adventure race, a CrossFit competition that you did, because you had to see that goal and recognize that this was the span from your current moment right now from today to when that competition was, and you had to work backwards and and come up with a plan for that. And I think that is probably one of the the best ways to get people to help them to define their goals is is through some type of event of that size. I call it the date on the calendar. Cool. You know, you, you uh, have your date on the calendar. It gives you that sense of vulnerability. So it's, hey, you either got to show up or show out or, you know, that whether it's game day or vacation or whatever the case may be, you got to put in the work or you look like, you know, unprepared or you look like a fool. Really good, brother. Number two, man, what you got? Do uh, most important things first in the morning. So once we define these goals or actions or daily actions that you need to create on a consistent basis to build habits and uh, I think one of the best habits and not only is it trendy because it is it is a really trendy subject but I think it's because there's a necessity for it is getting people to think more about the stuff they're doing in the morning Uh, that what they do in the morning has a direct effect uh, direct effect on their day and we want to start building habits that come second nature and the best way to do that is to try to take advantage of those morning sessions. I'm a new dad, dude. I have two under two. That's a famous saying in new parenting. You'll get it one day. Two under two, bro. That's like, it's hard. It's very, very hard. You're changing two diapers. You're changing, uh, you're feeding two baby milk. It's a lot going on. So for me, the most important thing is even if I can catch a 30 minute window before that first baby wakes up, it's a huge, I have a huge advantage over my day. And the days I don't do that, I already feel behind because I didn't get in a reading. I couldn't write some notes. I couldn't prep for my class. Uh, I didn't have my first cup of coffee and quiet. It, 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 I'm already on the defense. So for me, this is really important for my own life because even though I'm a little more tired, because you know, ideally I love to sleep an extra 30 minutes, an hour, but I know that there's more that I can get out getting up early before that first baby starts crying than anything else I can yeah, do. Yeah, you're, you're getting more stuff done if you sacrifice a little bit more sleep than opposed to getting that extra half hour of sleep. 
Um, and another thing that comes to mind, which I've heard you say, is decision fatigue, right? Mm. Uh, if you wake up and you, you got a bunch of stuff going on, uh, aside from, you know, uh, top, you know, on your priorities list, if you're doing all this other stuff, you're going to get fatigued. You know, you're going to get fatigued. You've only got so much brain power throughout the day to make decisions. And uh, if you're trying to, you know, accomplish something, you got to uh, prioritize the most important stuff early on in the day when you're fresh, when you're, you know, you're, you're cleared mentally and you're not wasting brain power or, you know, energy on stuff that's just going to the motions and that as wasting time. Yeah. For me, it's an active approach to either do, you know, people prefer one of three things to create knowledge or to, uh, to create, uh, to create a feeling that they, uh, that um, self-development is that, is that yeah what yeah that they're growing mm-hmm. that they're getting something out of something really uh, that's really important to them and they can either do that by reading they can do that by writing or they can do that by watching yep audiobooks podcasts too that's our go-to get that going mm-hmm. yeah and even that's better I love the audio in the morning too it's something that has been a preference to me because it's a passive way of doing things I can still make the coffee and have I, I don't uh, I listen to them in the headphones because it feels like they're talking to me a little bit more directly than just trying to walk around with the phone and listen to the audio. So I have my headphones on as I'm making coffee, as um, you know, prepping breakfast, and I'm doing stuff. I'm still doing this out of my own leisure before it gets crazy. So uh, it's it's a real advantage that I feel like I have every single time I do that. Yeah, and then doing that thing first in the uh, first thing in the morning, that's going to stick a little bit better as opposed to doing it once you get off work, you, when you're tired, when you. We're coaching, you know, four classes in a day, and you know, you go home to your wife and two kids. It's not going to really stick. And resonate, yeah. Um, instead of doing it first thing in the morning, where it's more peacefully, the sun's yeah. coming up. You know. Well, you know, the other reason I think it's so important to do it in the morning, Brett, is I can actually apply what I'm learning through the day. Like, if you watch something at night, it's why I try to stay off of YouTube at night because a lot of my YouTube channels are like really motivational or thought provoking. Is I can't do shit with it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, this is what you should do for your business, and I'm watching at at 9:30 at night. Yeah. Like I'm getting hyped. Yeah. That's what I need at 6 a.m. to get me fired up to bring you. and start I getting some ideas. So I think the form of entertainment at night is I've been really self-aware of what type of passive entertainment I'm getting at night, so that it doesn't light me up and get me get me crazy going right because i need to simmer down i'm trying to follow this slower energy at night so i can get to bed and then follow this process so you're now watching uh, shark tank huh shark tank i love shark tank no shark tank is a great one i get a million ideas for that so i gotta self-balance that one actually there's one better than shark tank it's called the prophet i uh, know i he's i awesome. watched that one time he's good he's gotten better he's a little he's a little interesting but it's uh, like kind of two different uh types though like shark tank's more investing and then the profit's more entrepreneurship right yeah yeah this guy is still investing but he he what i like is not the investment part that's a given most of the times there's some deals he never makes and he walks out halfway through helping him out is uh he goes into the business and tries to uh flip it entirely in in a whole episode so he'll be like i don't like how this shop is running we're going to completely uh fix the retail get it going we're going to build these new distribution channels it's really neat anyways we're getting off topic uh so uh, yeah so number two do most important things first in the morning i think it'll just spark your day yeah uh, i heard someone call it front loading the day Ooh, cool front loading the day so that's a good takeaway front load your day with the important stuff nice nice i like that uh, next one, put it out there, uh, whatever 
you know you want to do you want to achieve so that other people can uh, help hold you accountable and you got a good list going on of uh, the different types of accountability we can get through others so you kind of want to elaborate on that a little bit yeah you know I think that uh, we take this for granted because we know what accountability partners look like but accountability partners are purely based on relationships and each accountability partner has a pro and con. Each relationship you have with each individual, there's a strength and the weakness. And accountability partners are the same. Most of the majority of time when trainers are talking about building accountability partners, they're talking about uh, having workout friends or workout buddies. That's the most common type of workout partner. But there are a handful of workout partners. The one that, uh, that is really uh, close to my heart right now is that my wife has been my greatest accountability partner for our dieting because it's a, uh, what she does affects me because she does the shopping, she does most of the cooking, and so we've had to work together to make sure that we help each other meet those goals. So spouse or deep relationships is another form of accountability partnership. She's not workout buddy, you know, it's my spouse. Or I'm in the exact deep, same boat right. with Kimmy doing her competition. It's it's clear, it's evident. Like that's our number one accountability. Yeah, right? if one of you are at home eating, you know, McDonald's, Domino's, Pizza Hut, whatever, and the other one is trying to eat, you know, chicken, rice, and broccoli, like. If that that won't work yeah you know, that won't work you got to be on the same page and then you also if you're not on the same page then you're cooking different meals and like it, it wouldn't work out it's gonna sabotage the diet and I that's why I wrote the article about uh, the article I wrote last week was how to diet with your spouse and not end up divorced and the idea was we can work together on this and if anything you should because the whole idea of being close and want and being married is that you believe two are stronger than one so yep. let's take advantage of that and then you're both better in yourself you know you're both uh, each other rather you feel better you're supporting mm -hmm. each other we believe that our actually relationship has grown in the last month doing this because we we have to work more together with things we didn't really have to we took for granted and then you can go on the cheat dates uh together and part of that's much too, more yeah, enjoyable you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah. when that friday comes around and you're going to get something you know that you would normally eat it's that much more enjoyable no yeah it's exactly uh, one of the things we talked so about. spouses what, what else we got the, the one that's obvious to us because people pay us for it but is your coach your coach mm -hmm. is your greatest accountability partner and one of the things i took at the break today because i was really um I had to light the members up this morning. I felt like there was a really low energy and that I was constantly having to uh, remind them of good movement patterns that they w I wouldn't normally had to. And that's fine. Like Hump day blues, yeah, it sounds it was, like. No, dude, and it had that. And I acknowledged that it's okay to be tired sometimes. And I was proud that they were still here. But anyways, at our breakout session, the, the, the breakout that we get at the end of each class, I said, listen, I'm really hard on you guys because I care. And the moment that I stopped being hard on you guys, mm -hmm. I'd be really, really concerned, right? Because what I wanted to sell with them today in both of the classes, both, almost equally, uh, almost the same equal issues, was that I'm, I'm trying to make them accountable by yelling at them to move as good as they possibly can to hey let's bring some energy into this class today it's because i care and that's accountability that i'm trying to hold on them uh and one that i think great coaches should have all the time they should hold each and every one of their clients accountable yeah just to kind of pick off of that um i woke up this morning feeling the same exact way and uh on my way to the gym i easily was like very very close to turning around oh man but but uh something that came into my mind was I saw, I forgot where I saw it, but it was um, discipline over motivation, mm. right? I knew if I got there, right, uh, I'd make it happen. So 
if you have the self-discipline to do what you set out to do and just show up, okay, day in and day out, that's really how you'll get somewhere. You're not going to be motivated to do this stuff every single day, you know, especially middle of the week, Wednesday, uh, hum day, so to speak. But, you know, the discipline is, hey, you set out to do this. You're still going to do it. You're still going to show up. You're still going to do what you're supposed to do. That's discipline, right? No matter how not motivated you are, you're still going to show up and do what you set out to do. So a good takeaway, discipline over motivation. Well, and I think the, the, the powerful, uh, the most powerful point there is that you recognize that your feelings were starting to overcome you. And you said, hey, that's, that's the motivation part, like, I'm not motivated. I don't feel like working out. And you're like, F that. My purpose is not about me freaking feeling great all the time. It's that this is the discipline that I have to keep on the path, that I know this is the path. This is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, and our members that showed up this morning, they had the discipline to still show up even though they felt a little tired. Where the motivated, be. They, yeah. they They showed up. Yeah, yeah, they didn't feel motivated. Obviously, if, like, you know, they showed up and uh, you could just see by the body language, but they saw the discipline to still come to the gym. The irony is by going through that struggle together today, there is a completely different posture and physiology about each individual at that breakout session. Happier, felt good, energized, and, and that's that's the power of, of exercise. And so um, I'm, I'm proud to be a part of that. Yeah, half the battle just showing up. Uh, the one that you mentioned that you gave a great example was a support group and how important uh, a support group can be for accountability's sake. Uh, we can do that online and offline. Uh, offline's easy. It's at work. For a lot of people, they create support groups. They're creating challenges and, you know, food challenges and, you know, push-up challenges at work and all this stuff. So that support group is really good. But you have an online support group that you use a lot. Yeah, just, you know, social media, really. Um, just put out a goal I have or something I'm working towards out on social media uh, you know the previous competition I did as soon as I registered I threw it out on social media nice you know just for that accountability aspect or I announced hey I'll go on this vacation this is what I'm working towards you know I'm gonna be at a pool party in Vegas like that's what I'm working towards that's my accountability group is on social media right you know and then you obviously have uh, two sides of the spectrum. You got supporters and then you got haters, right? And uh, you can honestly feed off of both if you do it right. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think that for me, I try to get a lot of my motivation online through, I think I create that circle of positivity and I want people to do that too. But again, you have those people that, you know, make silly jokes that, you know, deep inside, you know, there's something going on there. They're either jealous but, but or it's very very fulfilling when you you know prove them wrong or it's kind of basically utilizing a chip on your shoulder because uh, at the end of the day you know everyone's not always going to agree with you or yeah i think root that's for impossible. you yeah and you know like the, the i forgot what the saying is but uh people they don't want to see you do better than them right so what if you're doing that then sometimes they got some you know salty feelings that they'll voice their opinions about yeah no i like what you said you're not going to make everyone happy i think um, one of my favorite lines is by trying to make everyone happy, you make no one happy because you constantly got to uh, change your character uh, per person and you, you can't stand for anything if you do that. So uh, that's really good, brother. Number four, uh, it's an obvious one. It's a simple one, but yet so hard. It's taking massive, massive action. And uh, one of my favorite quotes, um, I'm a quote uh, whore, if you will, but I love quotes is the um, knowledge one coming uh no it's the thousand miles um okay that uh um uh, 
the road, uh, the road of a thousand miles began with one step, and that one step was massive action for that individual. It was massive action. That one step is what began it all. And the more steps someone takes, it produces momentum. And But they gotta keep taking the steps, right? And then those steps turned into a mile, which turned into two miles, and they ended up walking a thousand miles. And the it's one a I thought parable. you were gonna say, uh, it's you've heard the quote knowledge is power but knowledge is not power knowledge followed by action is power yeah uh it's that one stuck with me for a really long time the actual quote is knowledge is not power knowledge is potential power because in order exactly. to have full power it has to follow with action and um no that's perfect i think that's uh napoleon hill or one of the carnegie brothers yeah one it's of one them. of them yeah that's yeah. where i got it from yeah we read the same stuff that's kind of cool we're, we're hype we love <laughs> we're hype men so no that's really powerful and, and the idea is that people think they can just consume knowledge right when we go back to the that passive inner uh that passive stuff that we're trying to do early in the morning reading a book for reading the book's sake is also a reason why i don't like reading those types of books at night because i can't do anything with the knowledge yeah. I can get excited about it in my heart and my heart's racing because I got all these, mo- it doesn't do anything for me because the next morning they don't do shit about it. It's like when I read something, I want to take one thing out of that. Like for me, it's not about reading through the 100 pages, Brett. It's how much action can I take through those 300 pages. Yeah, and I will do it one action at a time, not one page at a time. I'll read the pages until there's something there that I can take action on and then I let go. I stop where I'm at. I don't care if it's at the end of a sentence, at the end of a chapter. That's that's not the purpose why we read books or it shouldn't be about just running through that whole read a book a day is the most is the dumbest mm-hmm. thing I've ever heard. Because those guys can't possibly, number one, remember what the hell they're reading, and two, take all the opportunity of potential knowledge in there, potential uh, success they can have through there, because you can't in one day fulfill all the action that is required to make that book, uh, to take advantage of that book. That's why I love the self-help books that throw in the action steps yeah, right at the, at end. the end of the yeah. chapter, right? And it's got a check mark because yeah, you got to write it, it down there, yeah, 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 or fill out the line exactly, and that's what they're trying to encourage is massive action. So. Um, action is an expression of priorities. I'll say that again. Action is an expression of priorities that I can tell what someone's priorities are by the things that they're doing or not doing. It's an expression of like when we talked about interest is the best indicator of uh, effort, effort. Right. And it's the same here. Like someone can't say that they want like their their goal, their priorities to lose weight. But when I ask them what they're doing. They're not taking any action on it. They're not doing anything. It's with not a it. priority. It's not a priority for them. Or if they say they don't have the time for it, I always say you always have time for things you prioritize. A hundred percent. They have time to eat fast food. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You'll always have time for things you prioritize. That's so really good. The, you don't have the time for it is uh, BS. Last one. Uh, don't overcomplicate, right? Uh, don't overthink about it, because. Um, you change the start, you'll sit there, you'll dwell on it, you'll have, you know, your mind running, a, you know, a million miles an hour, and then you'll eventually start procrastinating. You put that farther back and farther back, and uh, and, you, and you don't do anything about it. That kind of goes right in hand in, in taking massive uh, action is if you complicate it, you're not going to. You want to know how I got my master's degree? How? On a daily checklist a daily to-do list it was a daily to-do list it was i bought uh listen i had liam was already one i didn't have a personal office i was working uh, out of my home office and i recognized that if i didn't do something consistently 
I was going to get behind. Uh, one of the first questions I asked when I researched master's programs, how long on average do I have to study a week? And they said eight to 10 hours. And I said, holy shit, how am I going to find eight to 10 hours a week? If I, if, because the, if I slip one day and it's right, do the math, I'm only working on weekdays. So it's two and a half hours a day. I have to study, right? Mm -hmm. If I miss one day, I got to double down five hours on the next day. And I knew that I needed to create something simple that I can follow to make sure that I had two and a half hours a day to do that. And you know how I did it? A checklist. I woke up every morning. I bought this stupid thing. Is like It's called to-do list on Amazon. And it's a blank sheet of paper with lines and a uh, boxes to check yeah, off to yeah. check off and I wrote my day and a lot of the times half my day wasn't filled the end of that paper was always filled because things come up throughout the day and I knew that that man that paper alone right there so Monday mornings I would look at what I had to do for school right and I take that and every single day I fill out what I was gonna do each day for school to fill in the two and a half hours and then I put my PT clients on which days I had them which days I had to coach which days I had to do programming and that's how I fulfilled every single week for a year and a half dude was on that that to-do list it was super simple I knew I didn't want to overcomplicate things and I got a freaking master's degree I truly believe it's why I got I was able to get that master's degree as fast as I could because of that stupid simple to-do list uh nah it's funny you say that I gotta admit this right now uh part of like me remembering you doing this checklist is kind of why I brought this topic into play just because ah. uh, you, you know, you're a very successful businessman because you execute, right? Yeah. And uh, it's funny, you know. And I do remember you doing the the, the checklist, the to do list, and you're almost kind of gaining momentum each check mark you do Dude, to where like so good. eventually you you know you get turned off fire. You're like, all right, I ain't missing now. Like it I'm feels good. You man. know, I'm coming up to Thursday. I haven't missed a beat and. Look, you, like, you got a master's degree to show for it. I have a picture. I'm going to find it for you. At the end of my master's degree, what I would do each day, I had a filing cabinet in my old office. And at the end of each week when my to-do list was over, I filed it. Mm -hmm. And I had over like 200 of those things uh, that I had from the weekdays of the to-do list. And I piled them all around the ground. I spread them out. And I took a picture. I'm going to send it to you. So got over your... No, I threw them all yeah. out. But I got a picture of it. And uh, it, it was a good feeling. And I, I think you're right. I think the checklist produces momentum. Mm -hmm. But even that, it, we talk about resistance. It's the least resistance thing. Like, the, I don't also believe in productivity apps because I think they create more resistance than is needed to get shit done, right? Meaning, oh, shit, I got to remember the app. Oh, I got it. It takes me... It takes me three minutes to write what I have to do for that one task to fill it in the app. Then it takes me 20 seconds to fill it out on the piece of paper. Call it old school, call it whatever you want, but it is a, it has the least amount of resistance to get the job done. And it's more flexible. I can get in there, I can change it quicker, I can add to it, I can scribble it. I think there's something to putting your your hand onto paper and, and creating something there. So that that's a really good one. Just don't overcomplicate things. We were, I was talking to a really good friend about uh, we're talking about long story short creating a transcript of a movie of somebody's life and we said well how do we do that and I said I don't know Let, let's just like let's start with day one what what do you want to talk about in the movie and two be like okay then well you got to write a transcript all right the next day we'll google the transcript but like for me to figure out how I'm going to get from a today to talking to some director or producer I'm gonna I'm already I already lost yeah. Mm -hmm. I already lost because by trying to overcomplicate it, you create fear in the process. Like you don't know what you're doing. No one knows what the hell they're doing. They're taking it one step at a time, one successful step at a time. Yeah, one baby step, and uh, eventually all that compounded over time will lead to the end goal. I love it, brother. Kill, kill, procrastination, or it's gonna kill you.
That's right. Love it. Leave it at that. Preach it. See you guys later, later man. Bye.